genre. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one grave visiting minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm John Ingle. Welcome back, John. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks Happy to have Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, today we are talking about Minute 112, which begins with Harry repeating that Spider-Man will pay and ends with uh, MJ commenting that uh, you must miss him so much. Yeah. Which, um, accurate. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, first of all, this bit where we just cut to Toby's face um, <laughs> after he says Spider-Man will pay, you just like cut to his face. And I just think. If I'm Harry and I look at my friend and he has that face, I'd just be like, why are you, what, what, what are you making a face for? <laughs> I like, it's, it's such a, like, I understand like from a performance standpoint, you know, <laughs> you, like Toby is being like, oh, this is so, I'm, I'm, I'm being torn apart. Uh, yeah. you know, cause he's just like, I, you know, he hates Spider-Man, but I am Spider-Man, but I need to be his friend, but he, and he wants to be my friend, but the, I don't, well, oh. Uh, oh no, I don't know what I'm going to do. So like, <laughs> I understand that he's, he's uh, trying to portray all of that, right? but just focusing on it like that just feels really strange. Yeah, it's like, um, I want Peter to be a little bit better of an actor here. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying Toby's not yeah. being great because we, you know, established many times are a big fan of Toby's abilities as an actor in this movie, but that to give across that much of the inner life in a mm-hmm. situation where you would be wanting to hide that inner life. Right. I, I would assume Peter would be better at hiding it than this. Um, I think it's not helped by the fact that we just kind of sit on it without like any music or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's he, cause it's a, uh, it's, it's because it's a, uh, they're covering up something um, mm. is what they're doing. Uh, cause there's a whole section that they cut out a whole little oh. thing that oh. Harry says um, prior to him saying, you know, thank God for you, Peter, you're the only fa- family I have left before he gets to that. He says, look about MJ. I was just trying to please my dad. I thought he'd be impressed, uh, me with such a beautiful woman. I know she was never right for me. I wanted to make him proud. That's all I wanted. And now I'll never be able to. And then he says, thank God for you, Peter. And then. There you go. So they just Whoa. cut out all the stuff about MJ. Uh, yeah. And I, they did that. I said, thank God that they did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, well, they, they, they cut it all out so because, because you know, that that's how they cut it all out was with this coverage of Peter's face. <laughs> yeah. We, Peter's See, face is the I, Band-Aid I, for that, <laughs> that join there. Yeah. Uh, 
See, I like it. I, I think it works really well, actually. The, yeah. The, the little slight push in, mm-hmm. the look on his face. I, I can believe not only are we, you know, it's movie time. So we have this kind of long lingering, uh, maybe overly expressive moment. Uh-huh. But at the same time, we're talking about a guy who's listening to his friend give his vengeful intentions. Like, I'm going on a, venge- a vengeful quest. It's like, <laughs> we were just in high school, you know, not that long ago. Right. And now you're wanting revenge against a superhero. So that's kind of, that's going to make your make you a little baffled, you know, yeah. if you need a reason. Yeah. If Harry goes, what, what's wrong with your face? He's like, well, listen to you. Like, yeah. What you're saying. But I think it works really well. And you get the, and to me, the internalization of it, uh-huh. uh, which is might be a theme for today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the internalization of it is what makes it work. It's like, we see... The conundrum here, we see the dilemma now. The mm-hmm. the problem for Peter is, mm-hmm. oh God, the guy I care about most who needs me a lot, like is going to now declare that he needs me more than anybody, yeah. is, wants me dead. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it all works uh, pretty well in, in that one little moment. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess I suppose my my brain is thinking that like we can get that in the the lone shot of Peter when Harry's walking away. But I think I think you bring up a really good point that like regardless of whether the like vendetta that Harry is preaching is specifically about you, it's still super alarming that he's in vengeance mode. Like, I I think that's a really good point in terms of like uh, justifying any sort of like, it's, (laughs) it's certainly alarming that an 18 year old is, is professing vengeance against (laughs) a superhero. (laughs) You could also take, you could also read in that maybe Peter's, wants to defend himself or defend Spider-Man. I mean, mm-hmm. wouldn't he, wouldn't you be quick to go, no, wait a minute, Harry, you don't know what happened, what really happened, mm-hmm. you know, but he doesn't want to betray himself by doing that. Right. You know, you don't want to protest too much. So there's all kinds of conflicts going on here. So I think it's, I don't know. Uh, it's functional. It's yeah. I think that's, that's a good, a good place to land on it. And um, I really do like uh, um, Franco's expression here, the sort of, you know, we go in for the the hug and we pull away, and this like, he's just looks so like genuinely dangerously wounded, like he looks like a villain in the making. Just like the the way he's carrying himself and his eyebrows and everything, like it. I I know people like to rag on Franco on in different projects, and you know, especially you know, uh, younger James Franco in his early days. But I I think this performance is pretty strong all all around it's one of the best uses of him i think um and i think it's moments like this that sell it for me um i i i buy all of the pain and i buy all of the implications if you are you know somebody who's familiar with spider-man lore and the possibility of harry becoming following his father's footsteps uh i i can buy all of that from this scene without too much being said and i i think we should at least give him credit for that. <laughs> like, uh, he's he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think he would love uh, to be described as dangerously wounded. <laughs> well, that's probably the name will be the name of his autobiography. One of his, one of his six autobiographies right. that you'll write. Uh, I'm going to go on record and say I like James Franco. Oh yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't always like everything he does, but I kind of like that about him. Mm-hmm. I like that he tries way more than most people do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hits and he misses and it's all good. To me, he seems simultaneously full of himself and also humble enough to do th- things that are supposedly beneath him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, to me, he's a he's a interesting conundrum of a of a celebrity. Yeah. And uh, at least he try at least he tries to do stuff. You know. Yeah. 
He's not resting on his laurels by any means. So I, I go, I'm pro Franco for the most part. Likewise, yeah. I, I kind of, I would, I would rather have people that are like, uh, taking weird risks and maybe like, uh, like overextending their reach at times than people who play it safe all the time. And you know, as far as Franco very clearly wants to be an interesting artist, and I. I applaud him for that goal, and I don't think he's going to land anywhere near it unless he keeps, you know, taking big risks and uh, cutting big swings at things. So, mm-hmm. for the most part, yeah, you do you, Franco. Uh, like, yeah, he's he's very rarely not interesting. Yes, that's um, a great way to put it. I, I, I mean, you know, even when he's bad, it's, like, interestingly bad. Um, <laughs> and the 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 only times that i can think of where he's uh, he's like bland bad is is like when he did those um you know those sort of like teen early 20s kinds of movies like the one that we keep forgetting the title of uh but the one where he's at the uh, military school oh um, yeah and stuff like that yeah uh that stuff that he did in this era around the same time um he would kind of make some safe choices that it seemed like he was letting his uh he was letting his uh agent tell him what to, what movies to do instead of like actually doing ones he cared about right yeah yeah but it's hard it's hard to do any of this stuff and uh, i i can't be too mad at franco i i got mm-hmm. godspeed james <laughs> Godspeed, James. Well, all, that, all that said, I certainly wouldn't argue with anybody who doesn't like him either. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, like, oh, you no, don't I like get him? Oh, I get, I get, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, but but I will say uh, the line, um, thank God for you, Peter, mm-hmm. uh, I like because it's a callback to something Norman said to Peter. Oh, yeah. Uh, just last week when That's right. when he reveals that he was the goblin the whole time, he mm-hmm. says, thank God and thank God for you, Peter. Um, yeah. You know, thank God for saving me or whatever he says. Right. Uh, and, and so, like, this is sort of a callback to that and uh, a bit of a foreshadow of what's to come in Harry's future. Right. Um, right. So I like that. That's nice. Yeah. And and this is yeah. sort of the like the payoff to the um, the don't tell Harry uh, riff we've been having throughout the the film. Uh, that not only is Harry referring back to his father, but his father is referring to this particular situation um, uh, with that echoing line throughout the film. MJ's don't tell Harry and Norman's don't tell Harry. And now the scene where he could tell Harry, but he doesn't. Uh, mm-hmm. and so it's all, it's all coming together here hmm. at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and then we get, uh, we, we get our, our, our voiceover. Um, yeah. Returns. The return of the, uh, bookends, the, what do you, what, what should we call this device? This, you know, the comic yeah. VO, the bookend. Yeah, but- yeah, bookend. Yeah. I mean, I was actually gonna have a question. I I have a question about like this VO because I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if we talked about this early on, but like, mm-hmm. do we know what the context of this VO is supposed to be? Like, where is it coming from, or is it just sort of like ethereal, like just a VO of just yeah. You know, um, like I don't, we don't know. He's not talking. He's just talking to the audience. He's a he's a movie character. Theo. <laughs> yeah, I always kind of took it as like a Shakespearean aside type of thing, where mm. whatever audience is specifically here for the movie, that's who he's talking to. 
um, type of thing. Less so than like a uh, Lord of the Rings type of framing device where it's like, oh, he's telling the story to whoever he writes this book for or, you know, uh, this is Hermione telling her children the story of Harry Potter. Like, um, I kind of always just assumed it was more generic than that. I don't know. Maybe that's not giving it enough credit. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty unmotivated VO, right? It's just the, your basic, like you were you saying, just like movie VO, mm-hmm. where where it's needed, they throw it in there, which um, I'm not a fan of, to be perfectly honest. I was yeah. going to ask you guys how you felt about it in general. I would be more in that in that lane were it not for the fact that it's only at the top and tail of the film. Like we, mm-hmm. he only introduces and then closes the story with it. That we don't have like a moment in the middle of the film where like Peter's feeling really like worked up about something, and the voiceover comes in to say like, "Now this is where it really was tough for me." Like it doesn't do that. It's just the intro outro, um, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm a bigger fan of than like intrusive VO. But uh, but but as we've said before, um, we don't love the VO in this particular movie. Yeah, it's a little it's a little overwrought. Yeah, but in the in the sequels, I think it's better because it's a little more casual. Yeah, um, a little more which makes device. me which makes me wonder if the VO isn't Peter talking to Uncle Ben, like almost like something oh. he would be saying at his grave. Or something oh. um, at some point, mm-hmm. because it would make sense that this would be more overwrought and then the sequels would be a little more casual because at that point he's sort of, I mean, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but he's kind of used to him being dead. Right. Um, and so <laughs> and so he can be he can be a little more casual. He's not he's not as sad. He's just a little more kind of like wistful, but like a little more casual about it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's it's just it's a little tricky because the way it's framed in the the introduction voiceover is is more like um, you know, Arabian Nights Aladdin style with like, do you want right. to hear my tale? I'm not sure you do. It's not for the faint of heart. Okay, come oh, listen right, to right, me, right, you know. Right. That, I guess like, that's true. I guess that he has true. to he wouldn't have to tell somebody close to him which person is him by the right. So I guess he's just this. talking to the audience and it's dumb. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is like years later and, you know, uh, Peter's in an old folks home or something. And there's like children that come <laughs> by to ask him about it. And he's like, I could tell you a tale. Why don't you sit down? And <laughs> I'll explain what it was like to be a superhero oh, boy. in the year 20 hot two. I, uh, I do like this, this sort of, uh, this look, this sort of like, lead to motivating Peter to like walk off frame yeah. of uh, he watches Harry leave. He looks back, he sees MJ watching him and then he looks back at Harry and then doesn't look back at MJ and just le- walks away. Yeah. Um, and we're getting, we're getting the voice over here. And so like, we obviously, we know what's going through his head, which is that like, I, this this is what happens when I get close to someone. Like he hates Spider Man and he loses his father, and then he like looks at MJ and he's like, "Well, I don't want to do that to her, so I guess yeah. I'm outy." Um, <laughs> and it walks away. Uh, so is there I don't like- know, but I, I I like I like the shot. I like the way that it's framed. I like right, you know, all of that. I I don't love the voiceover, but I like what's happening on screen. Yeah, I feel like the this um the way it's shot is strong enough that like. I would totally get the lesson, even if it wasn't presented, mm-hmm. you know, Br'er Rabbit style. Br'er Rabbit style in the voiceover, 
here. Right. Um, it's like it's to the point where like when he says in the voiceover, the ones I love on the word love, that's when we transition to the <laughs> gravestone. It's like, OK, all right, we, we get it, um, which also has this funny effect of um, like I, I get that or we want to time it out uh, to cut to Ben's grave with the ones I love. But since Peter's left the frame at that point, it kind of superimposes the like pop-up tent over Ben's like <laughs> name. And that's like so weirdly uh, graphic, you know, mm-hmm. like from a shapes standpoint that it almost right. seems like it should have some meaning, but it just clearly doesn't. It's like, Oh, Ben Parker. It, he was, we, we've he was talked about, <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about this movie's overuse of dissolve. Yeah. transitions. <laughs> <Bit>. uh, <laughs> too uh, many, too many. Um, what I do like though, mm. is that, uh, when we do get to the, um, the actual shot of the grave and then we cut back to Peter looking at it. It's um, there's a lot of ways you could have shot Peter looking down at a grave, but I kind of like that the angle they use this lower angle is almost like a shot reverse shot of a conversation with Ben, even though Ben can't answer back. Like Mm -hmm. we don't use the like big overhead of Spidey looking down and being sad. We just, we cut back from his eye line up to Peter as if he was just looking at him for a second. It's only for a, a moment, but I like that shot. I like I like how it feels. Well, in the script, isn't it? Isn't there a moment where he actually does talk to Ben? Like when she, I think when MJ walks up, he says, introduces them, or says, "Oh, look, it's MJ's here," or something like that. I oh. saw that in the script. So mm-hmm. maybe there was some idea that that was going to be a scene, you know, yeah. kind of a classic movie talk to the grave kind of moment, mm-hmm. which maybe would have. Um, you know, I don't know. How would we feel if we got the voiceover in that instead? Like, what if you know he was alone at the moment and was actually talking to Uncle Ben mm-hmm. and giving us that bit of thematic exposition that, that they, we get in the voiceover? Yeah. I don't know if I'd like it better or not. I really feel like that idea. I mean, I was going to ask you guys about that. Yeah. Just the trope of the ones I, I love get hurt the most, you know, or whatever, like we mm-hmm. consider that super familiar now because it's been in everything. Yeah. Uh, right. But was it that familiar in 2002 yet? I mean, no, I'm not trying to, to think of what, uh, but probably yeah. people. No, not, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think it was. I really don't. Um, I, 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 I think that cause even, even X-Men didn't do it because you know, X-Men is like a whole different animal. Yeah. Um, but you know, you don't really have, Cause like what else? What other what other genre would you do that in other than superhero stuff? Yeah, um, like I can't westerns, even think. Of, maybe <sighs> like westerns. Uh, uh, like bleaker uh, action movies. Or yeah, noir like police stuff. stuff. But, yeah, but but the the thing, what I mean really is is how much was it in the public consciousness? I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of that theme. Yeah. in a lot of different movies, mm-hmm. but was it all tied together to the point where we could have had this moment occur without the voiceover and the all? everyone get it like we'd see yeah. him you know look at harry walk away look at um aunt may and and mj over there then go to ben's grave and then we get the idea oh well this is the culmination the effect of his you know yeah. of, of the events of this movie have been harming uh, people that he loves right would we just kind of get the theme or did we need a moment because i like the theme i'm not yeah like i like what he's saying i just don't like the voiceover i definitely don't like uh 
yeah, it's the not fact the... that it's not really motivated by anything other than to just tell us what the theme is right now. Yeah, but... mm-hmm. it's less the content and more the delivery method. I think that is awkward here. Um, I don't know. Yeah, if... well, yeah. and 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 it's not even. I don't even think it's the delivery method so much as the way in which it, which the delivery method is being used, mm. um, which is, as you put it, sort of like the legend of, you know, Aladdin style, <laughs> uh, you, you know, kind of kind of thing that it just it's a little overwrought in mm-hmm. a way because like I don't. I'm not opposed to the idea, as we'll see, because, you know, there's VO that I actually like a lot in Spider-Man 2. Mm. Um, the bookended VO is great in Spider-Man 2, and it's because it's more casual. Yeah. And it's it's sort of calling uh, calling up the, the same feeling that you get of, like, you know, the VO in, in Spider-Man comic books. Yeah. Um, which is a little more casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is just so dramatic and overwrought that it doesn't really feel like Spider-Man to me. Yeah. It um, it almost feels like Edward Scissorhands or something like, yeah, you know, let me tell you the tale of the man on the Hill, you know, sitting right. over the grave of his uncle wondering, you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I obviously didn't, none of this struck me while I was watching it in the theater or, you know, originally, like, sure. yeah, I just kind of rolled with it. Um, but it, it is almost one of those things where if we are going to pull out this specific theme at this moment um, and we're still going to have the big iconic voiceover at the very end, which we won't get to this week, but, um, you know, the before he says, great power, great responsibility, Spider-Man. Uh, if we already have set aside that moment of we're going to end the film on this reiteration of theme and the voiceover and then cut to our big dramatic theme, why put in this one? Because we right. put in this one and then we have another scene uh, without him talking right. in voiceover. So it's like, yeah, maybe just put it all in the end. And, you know, if we didn't quite get it here, you know, maybe we'll definitely spell it out, you know, in words there. But I don't know if it's by any, like, traditional definition necessary at this moment. Right. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think you might be onto something there because perhaps it would be more effective coming after everything here like mm-hmm. if, if as more of a culmination a summary of, of things mm-hmm. um, yeah so yeah that's a good point I didn't really think about it that way but it just seems a little misplaced yeah yeah I don't know well especially because we haven't like, had the MJ like the decision yet that right yeah I don't know it's just sort of like stretched out <laughs> yeah. uh, you know and, and cut and chopped up and yeah I don't know um let's see i think that's all i have for uh for this particular minute yeah um what else is here like there's the hug you know she hugs him right but yeah, all their stuff's tomorrow yeah looks like a solid hug it's a it's a good hug you know they've all got those black <laughs> gloves on which are i seem to like really emphasize your hugging technique yeah. like where you put the pressure in your <laughs> well, I mean, everybody has gloves except for Peter because he's right. Poe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he doesn't get gloves. Peter the Poe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, MJ, I assume MJ's gloves are uh, Harry purchased. Oh um, yeah. Oh maybe. That's where she gets all. Of, that's where she got all of her nice stuff. Was her 
two-month relationship with Pete, with Harry Harry Osborne. Harry Osborne. Yeah. Well, you know, he he wanted to make her feel better as much yeah, as he could. Right. Yeah. As much as he could, because she know, always I'll, felt terrible. You know, she was I'll dating buy you Harry Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll get breakfast. I'll buy you something. <laughs> yeah. uh, Spider Man. But <laughs> um, John, uh, tell people again where they can find you. Uh, well, I, as I mentioned yesterday, I have a show called Alien Minute, where right now we're discussing the movie Aliens. Uh, you can find us there at alienminute.com. Hmm. I'm also the co host of a show called ABC Devo, where oh. uh, myself. Pete the Retailer from Star Wars Minute, Tom Taylor from Indiana Jones Minute, and our friend Joe Mazel all discuss every Devo song in alphabetical order. <laughs> so you can find us at uh, abcdevo.com. Awesome. That is incredible. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, all right. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're on Facebook, uh, go join the Spider-Man Minute friendly neighborhood listener group and uh, join in the fun over there and talk about Spider-Man and talk about this movie and, you know, all the other Spider-Man stuff that we talk about over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're on Facebook, go do the thing. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with minute 113. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.